intro. Uh, things have been pretty crazy for you lately. Hope all is well. Well, welcome to Tech Tac Toe. We're coming to you live from Team Room 25. I'm Nikhil Gola. And I'm Josh Byrne. We're your co-hosts for this exciting journey through the tech space. We'd also like to welcome our two Tech Tac Toe interns that are first years at Fuqua, Olivia Henshaw and David Benick. Olivia, how's fall semester been? Well, let me give you my best star story of a time I used data to solve a problem this term. The situation was... Okay, okay, Mancom, that's enough. Hey, so uh, this thing is paid, right? Because the Craigslist post said that it was. Shit, I thought we took that out. T totally, David. Just We're just getting the book settled. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay, so Olivia, David, Josh, when you were applying to Fuqua, what did you put in your application for what you wanted to do after graduation? One, two, three. Product! product. Yeah, us three and everyone else at Fuqua. But what does product actually mean? Today, we want to unpack the different roles and day-to-day -day of someone who works in product. You could be a technical product manager, a non-technical PM, a product marketing manager, or work in product strategy. And if you haven't cut your hair in the past few weeks like me, even being a hair product manager. <laughs> Shout out to Pedro Williams. Three bucks off for Duke students on Monday and Tuesday. Pedro, give us that sponsorship. Apparently, we got interns to pay. <laughs> Today, we're going to start by talking to a software engineer who works daily with product managers to understand what it takes to be a great PM. Next, we'll chat with a director of product management to understand from someone who's risen in the ranks in tech, just to know what the career trajectory in product looks like. And finally, we've convinced some second years to hang out with us and talk about their summer internships in product strategy, product management, and product marketing. But seriously, this MBA is expensive. We're getting paid right. I am on Venmo. Uh, hit it, Yeezy! <laughs> Our guest today is Ralston Clark. Ralston is a software engineer by trade and has worked at high growth tech companies for the past 10 years. He was an engineer lead at a startup that was acquired by Groupon, and he's worked as a software engineer at Square and Uber. Ralston is currently the director of engineering at Common Networks. Ralston, thank you so much for being with us today. How are you doing? Doing great, happy to be here. Great. Awesome. So let's, let's start by hearing a bit about why you chose to be an engineer and how you ended up in your role today. Yeah, so I've been a software engineer really since I was nine. I've been coding video games, random websites and things. I've just loved software engineering. Uh, growing up in Texas, I always kind of figured I'd join like a big oil company or something and write software for them. But uh, this really awesome program called Three Day Startup uh, that I joined in Austin that kind of piles a bunch of technologists together in a room for three days sees what comes out the other side. Uh, joined that, through that, got really involved with the startup scene. Um, and like you mentioned, joined Loku. We got acquired by Groupon in 2013. And since then, I've been part of a bunch of pro-stage companies and uh, now doing another startup. Highly, highly recommend going the startup route. <laughs> first yeah. time in spec. Uh, yep, shameless plug to all the listeners out there, live in the startup life. Yeah, the, uh, the episodes out there. Episode so, two. Episode, episode two. two. So yeah, Ralston, would love to hear what a typical day is like in your role. Yeah. So as director of engineering at Common, uh, by far the biggest impact thing I can do is build out the rest of the team. So I spend most of my time pitching candidates, uh, engineers mostly, but also some product managers on joining Common, helping us, you know, bring better internet to people in the suburbs. 
if I'm not doing team building, um, it's a lot of just heads down coding. Part of the beauty of startup work is there's not a lot of meetings, not a lot of bureaucracy, so you just get to be heads down and execute most of the time. Great. Great. So if you think back to your interactions, maybe not in your current role, maybe in your current role or in your past with at, at Square or Uber, what are your typical interactions like with product managers or even product marketing managers? Yeah, so I have not worked with a ton of PMMs. Mm-hmm. We had a handful at Uber that I sat alongside with, and it was mostly bouncing ideas back and forth, but nothing formal. I've worked with a lot of excellent product managers, though, um, and the interaction ranged a lot between strategy. Uh, on Uber, I worked on the Uber Pool team, and you know, Pool was a very strategically important product. So we were mm-hmm. trying to figure out different ways we could make Pool work in cities where we didn't have as much density. Uh, so think like uh, dynamic bus routes or something like that, and so worked with product a lot on how we could strategically bring these products to market. Uh, And then I've also worked a lot kind of just on day-to-day execution with product managers. Some of the best PMs that I've worked with were just really good at getting something shipped almost through sheer force of will. And so I could help them on the technical side, rallying engineers, uh, you know, coming up with technical trade-offs and things like that. And they would help on the go-to-market strategy on navigating company politics, on the design, on all the other pieces that we need to do to get something shipped. Great. So you spoke about some of these great product managers that you worked with. A lot of our listeners really interested in pursuing a product role. What qualities or skills are most important in a successful product manager, product marketing manager, just working with product? Yeah, that's a good question. I think... The best PMs I've worked with all just have a lot of hustle. I think it's not a coincidence that my favorite product managers have all been former startup founders. They just know how to get things shipped, whether that's them doing manual QA for a couple hours because it's what needs to happen to get this thing to launch tomorrow, uh, or going out and talking to customers so that we're not, you know, executing down the wrong path. It's it's that whatever that essence is that drives someone to do whatever it takes to get something over the line. Gotcha. So we've talked about successful product managers. I'm sure you've worked with some some that have maybe some shortcomings. So what do you think are some common failures that you see in PMs uh, that could be avoided? Yeah, I think especially for technical PMs, not having enough understanding of software engineering and design and how those functions work. Mm-hmm. Um, product management's a role where you know you have authority over the products, but you don't have any direct authority over engineers or designers or anyone else on your team. So a lot of yeah. how you get stuff shipped is through kind of indirect inspiration and that sort of thing. I think PMs that struggle uh, aren't able to build credibility with engineering teams. They, you know, it's clear they don't understand how the tech works, and so engineers kind of run roughshod over them, give estimates that they can't, you know, call BS on, right. uh, that sort yeah. of thing. I think, I think that's probably the main thing. Yeah, 
That makes sense. And, you know, thinking about a lot of the MBA students who are looking to go into product management, what what advice do you have for them as, as they pursue that career field? Uh, absolutely go out and build things. Go join hackathons. Go, I don't know, join a startup for a few months as an operations person and switch into product. Do whatever it takes to go get something shipped. I interview a lot of MBA candidates for product management roles, and if you haven't built anything, you're going to really struggle to make it through our hiring process. This is true at Uber. It's true at Common. Yeah. As well. Great. Perfect. Yeah, thank you so much, Ralston. So I guess we want to close out. A lot of the viewers are avid uh, Silicon Valley viewers, the show on HBO. So we'd love to hear if you have a, a story or just how applicable that show is to what you've experienced. Oh, man. Silicon Valley is so, so true to life. Um, <laughs> my favorite scene, I was on a work trip in New York launching some Uber pool things. We were watching where... Uh, they're working on the Hooli box and they go into design review with the designer who throws on his headphones and has pictures of leopards and hurricanes and whatever else up on the screen. They're like, I don't know, this this doing anything for you? And all the all the Silicon Valley guys are like, what the hell? Um, that actually happens. I've been in so many of those meetings where <laughs> designers just throw mood boards and talk about feelings and... <laughs> Yeah. What an excellent show. I remember that scene. Awesome. Yeah, great. Cool. Well, thank you for the time. Appreciate it. Uh, this is the pod. Very lucky to have our next guest with us today. Jacob Stark is a 2013 Fuqua grad and has been at SAP for the last four years, where he is the director of product management. Prior to SAP, Jacob built his product management skill set at the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, where he worked in a variety of PM roles for over six years. Jacob, thank you for uh, being on Tech Tac Tau. Hey, thanks so much for having me. All right, so let's start by uh, digging into your background. Can you tell us a little bit more about your professional background and how you ended up in your current role? Yeah, sure. So I actually went through a non-traditional route, which was at my undergraduate institution, I studied animation. So I did art, I was 2D, 3D animation, and uh, closing in on graduation, I just thought to myself, is this what I want to do? Do I want to just be working in front of a monitor all day long? Mm. And uh, I decided, no, I want to do something a little bit more interesting. And luckily, I saw a job posting for product management, an internship in it, and applied that way. And that's how I got started with product management. Very That's cool. a great lead into the next question. So why did you decide to build your career in product management, kind of looking back on it? For me, much of it came from the ability to still be really creative, to be close to the actual development or building process, but to have more of a strategic role where you could be, you know, taking the voice of what people were asking for, shaping it into something, making it, you know, from matter unorganized and turning it into something that was, you know, an actual product. So for me, that was like an absolutely perfect fit for what I always wanted to do. And also from a background in visual design and storytelling, it was a great fit for me since it gave me the opportunity to use PowerPoint as my evil ally in trying to convince <laughs> people to do the things that I wanted. So I was, I was pretty excited about it. 
Awesome. Okay. Uh, so a lot of the MBA students, they're excited to get their first role in tech as a product manager, but, but we're hoping you could shed some light into what the career path looks like for a PM years out of MBA. Sure. So it really depends on where you're at. So within product management, there's usually two types of product management. There's inbound and outbound product management. Your inbound product managers are those who are writing requirements, really detailed scope documents, and technically describing out for development what's going to be built. Your outbound product managers are people who are communicating the vision, roadmap, the strategy, and collecting that feedback and bringing it to the inbound counterpart in order to build things together. So it really depends on which track you're on. Uh, I was really lucky that I ended up at a company that shared tracks where you could do inbound, outbound, and then transition to another company where, again, it was fairly inbound, outbound for what I was able to do. So your normal progress, though, as you're starting up with that, uh, let me back up a little bit. First off, when they're hiring people, they're usually looking for people with like a technical background. Uh, many of our product managers previously were developers. That makes it where you at least can communicate the technical aspect. Because we find a lot of times people might be natural communicators, but if they can't understand or communicate the technical part, they're not going to succeed. So what we usually are looking for are people who are dynamic speakers, but also you know communicators, but also people who are very technical and can synthesize very complex ideas. Um, and so what it would look like as a job progress, at least for me, it was starting on smaller products or smaller features or an aspect of the product. And then you pretty much grow in scope. So you grow in terms of the capacity of what you're covering or the complexity of the problem that you're trying to solve. Very interesting. So with this career trajectory, how have you seen your responsibilities change when you first started in a product role to the current role that you're in now? Yeah, so when I first started off, I was in charge of a small component of our internal corporate intranet. And then that grew to where I was over the entire intranet. And then I pivoted roles and picked up something much larger, which was over like our worldwide communications and how we did that, uh, like from you know satellite, webcast, things like that, uh, with the strategy of how things were gonna be communicated over those wires. So um, yeah, so it just kept growing. And then once I hit a certain level, I was able to really pivot around and do different types of things. So I, I jumped from telecommunications to analytics, et cetera. So it made it a lot more flexible to where I was going at that point. But when you start off, yeah, it's going to be a small component, a small feature, anything like that. Got it. Okay. Um, and so can you uh, talk about how your MBA has uh, helped drive value in the work you do day to day? Yeah. So when I first was a product manager, uh, there were a lot of business-type decisions that are going on around me, and someone invariably, and forgive them if they're listening to this, forgive me if they're listening to this, but they would say something like, you know, when I was getting my MBA, the entire time I just kept feeling like, what a crappy answer. Like, how come you're able to make the decision just because you have an MBA, or why does that give you some stamp of authority? And at the same time, I felt like, honestly, I felt a little insecure because my background was in art 2D, 3D animation, I didn't have that business background. I didn't know all of the lingo and the way to really communicate these things. So when I went to Duke and I got uh, that education there, it really did give me the foundational knowledge that I needed to be able to communicate in those arenas, but also it gave me the confidence. And so uh, 
yeah, it was just a, a really effectual way for me to be able to stand up in the room and be like, hey, great, like, I hear you. I also have a background in this, and I feel really strongly we should look at this other perspective. Yeah. So having an MBA gave me both the education and the confidence to be successful. Great. So, you know, for our hopefully dozens of listeners out there, just <laughs> want to uh, kind of close out with what advice you would have for MBA students recruiting and interviewing in product roles. This seems so basic, but please know the product you're interviewing for. <laughs> so many times we have people who are, <laughs> yeah, it seems really basic, but we have so many times where people interview and they obviously have just read our website. Uh, that's great, but just spend the extra 15 minutes, call somebody who's already a product manager in that group, get to know them a little bit. We're all very friendly. We're very passionate about what we're doing. Um, and we're usually extremely helpful to those around us. So just reach out to us. Reach out to us on LinkedIn or talk to us however you would like. And we can kind of give you more of a background on what you're talking about and what the product is. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing is product management is very nebulous. Product management is also very different, therefore, at each company. So it's great when people interview and they have like a, you know, they're talking about product management with me, but they're talking about a very specific version that maybe we don't even do, right? So it's like they might be telling me about like supply chain logistics or something, and that is a form of product management. And I'm sitting here thinking, wow, this is great. This person sounds like a great applicant for a different role. So just make sure that you are aware of the type of product management that we're talking about on our side of the fence, and that'll greatly accelerate you in being successful. We're looking for people who are passionate. We're looking for clear communicators. And as long as you have like a basic understanding of our product, you're going to be head and shoulders above so many other people that we speak to on a regular basis. Fabulous. Well, Jacob, thank you so much for sharing your insight. You have a very interesting path to your, your current role. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for the time. Yeah, I really appreciate it. All right, we're here with our second year panel. Today we have Andy D'Agostino, Tiffany Ellis, and Brooks Bumgartner. Folks, thank you so much for joining us today. Let's start by going around, telling a little bit about yourself and what your summer role was. Sure, um, so uh, I'm Andy, and I my summer role was product management at Zillow, so specifically product strategy. And my background before Fuqua was um, as a strategy consultant for an information and analytics company called Newstar. Yeah, I'm Brooks, and uh, prior to Fuqua, I was in an education nonprofit, and then this summer I was a product manager at Amazon. I'm Tiffany, and before coming to Fuqua, I was a system engineer at Corning, and this summer I had the opportunity to work as a PMM at Microsoft. Great, great. Thank you all. So, you know, besides being a first year at a business school, which means you have to look into product roles, what made you <laughs> particularly interested in a tech product role? Sure. So um, what made me interested in a tech product role was really the kind of two sides of the role. So having to have a really kind of creative line of thought and being able to um, really think outside the box, but also have to have some sort of analytical rigor and think through kind of the business aspects of what you were developing. So I, I really liked the mix of, of both of those. Yeah. Well, uh, one thing I'd add was I was coming in wanting to have 
kind of a general management experience. And so I loved that the PM role was like the general manager of a product and then you were able to work cross-functionally with a bunch of different departments. Yeah, feeding off of Brooks, I really enjoy actually seeing how the product touches the customer, what the impact looks like in the long term. And being an engineer on the data center side, I didn't have an opportunity, so I was really open to being more cross-functionally and working collaboratively. Cool. Okay, so we all like the idea of working in product, but what does that actually mean for a summer intern? Can you guys describe your summer project? Yeah, so this is Andy here. Um, my summer project, I'm going to have to be real high level with it because it has not <laughs> launched yet. Um, but the summer project was, um, it had a software and a hardware component. It was really focused on building a product that would help Zillow scale their new business. Um, so Zillow offers. So that was really exciting and, and fun. But it, um, definitely in terms of the software or the hardware component of what I was doing, that was something totally new for me. So that was a real challenge. Yeah, this is Brooks. Uh, one of the things that's kind of unique about Amazon is that uh, the product manager role isn't necessarily geared towards a, a product. And so my role was improving the customer returns process for Amazon. So kind of three components. One was going and visiting return centers uh, across the U.S. and learning about what the process looked like. Um, then was reviewing a lot of data to see how we could improve that process. And then it was actually going and meeting with internal stakeholders to get buy-in to implement a new process. So luckily my product was available. I would encourage you to start using it today. <laughs> it is Microsoft Teams. I had the opportunity of driving adoption for Microsoft Teams in multiple industries. I saw the greatest opportunity in higher education as well mm -hmm. as uh, public sector, which only exclude government. Very cool. So when you think about what you were working on this summer and how you found success, what skills do you believe are most important to really be successful in that product role over your summer? I'll jump in first, this is Brooks. Um, so similar to, to what others have said, I, I think the first thing that's really important is just analytical skills. At least at Amazon, you have so much data and every decision comes back to being grounded in the data. Uh, the second thing would be communication. Uh, and at Amazon, one of the really unique aspects of it is that everything is based off of these six page documents. So you don't need to just be effective communicating uh, verbally, but also in writing. And then the last, and I think this really separated those who enjoyed their experience with those who hated it, is you need to be able to manage ambiguity. So there's basically one high level problem you're given and you have to come up with a complete process of how do you project manage and break down into meaningful steps. Yeah, and I'd, I'd second the comment on ambiguity. Mm -hmm. And I'd also say a few major pieces of, of what I found helpful was one, making sure that you were really good at telling a story through slides. Not at Amazon. Disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. But in general, kind of laying out the user story um, as well as the backup for kind of costs of what you're building. Um, so doing both those things effectively was important. And then I would also say being able to listen critically in meetings. Um, so we, we were able to meet with a bunch of different teams. And one thing that I found really helpful was because I was building something totally new. 
being able to listen to areas that could potentially have overlap and have follow-up meetings with those folks, um, I think was really critical in making sure that I didn't redo work that had already been done. Um, feeding off of Andy, and that was a really good point, was storytelling, like even if you don't have your slides, being able to convince like a director, a manager, a group of people why you believe in this particular strategy or recommendation. And I think another point is just being scrappy. Um, I had to do that a lot this summer because you won't always have the information you need. You want to make sure that you have the ability and the, the passion to want to go out and get this information, talk to the right people, and also how to then flip that and make decisions based off the information you're given. Great. Yeah, as most of our loyal Tech-Tac-Toe fans know, I also interned in product management this summer at Cisco. I got a second you on communication, Brooks. It's so critical. Uh, during my internship, I was working with engineers, sales, um, you know, designers uh, of product. And to be able to talk to each different group and know what, they're, what they needed to be successful and what they wanted in their role was, was critical. And the next thing I would think about uh, as, as a really important skill is prioritization. So I was working on building a, a new product feature, but we needed to know what really needed to be built in the first phase and what was critical. And you have to bring data to support that. So you can tell people this, in fact, is really what needs to be built first, and we can phase the next few things uh, as the product uh, continues to grow and evolve. So what advice do you have for first years recruiting for product roles? Sure. So this is Andy here. I'd say my I have a few pieces of advice. Um, one thing that I would really emphasize is understanding what product means at a given company and understanding if that's the role you actually want. Um, it is specific, but I think leave yourself open to looking at the role and knowing if those are the skills you want to grow or if that's a career that fits you and, and try not to feel the pressure of it being kind of the, the hot thing right now. Um, and then also I would say maybe take the pressure off of being at a tech company. Many companies have tech inherent in their business. So if there's a certain skill set that you don't have and you're maybe coming from outside of tech, think about another company maybe that's looking to hire a role that's gonna be pretty integrated into some sort of technology and that could be a great stepping stone towards getting to a tech company if that really is your goal. Um, my advice, this is Tiffany, my advice is just knowing the difference between a PM role and a PMM role. And they're, they're kind of similar, at, at least both of them are very customer focused, but as a PM, you deal with more of the roadmap and what new features should be included based on consumer behavior. But PMM, you're more so focused on what is the correct messaging to let the customer know exactly that we have this product and it's gonna really meet those needs. And that looks different at most companies. So just doing that research before and knowing exactly which roles fit best for you. Yeah, and then what I'll say, and this is maybe more general advice to recruiting, is that I think we often underestimate the va value there is in being very clear with what your story is. And for me as an applicant, I was changing careers, uh, moving to an entirely different role and function, and having a very clear way that I could articulate this is why I'm interested in this, and this is actually why it makes sense based on my background is really important. And then the last thing I'll say is that um, one of the things that I feel like is, is is huge is that once you actually get an interview, it's it's a level playing field. And at that point, it's all about what preparation uh, you're doing. So for me at Amazon, you know, I had 
10 to 20 pages of notes just about the company to understand it. And then it was all just about practicing and doing mock interviews so that when you get into the interview, you have had that question before and you're comfortable and you feel prepared to, to do well. Great. So all those tech tac toe listeners out there, you, you've gone through 30 to 40 minutes of a tech uh, product podcast. So we're going to end on a kind of funnier note. Want to hear from the panel any fun or crazy things that happened during your interview process? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in first. This is Brooks. Uh, so my final round at Microsoft, uh, I um, had, had gone through three rounds of interviews, got to the final one, and my interviewer was reading through my resume, and he saw in the additional information section that I listed uh, Spanish fluency. And so he said, oh, I see you're fluent in Spanish. Uh, we're going to do the rest of this interview in Spanish. And so I had about a 25-minute conversation in Spanish. And uh, fortunately, I, I lived in a Spanish-speaking country and felt comfortable doing it. But uh, that's just one word, word of advice, that if you're going to list something on your resume, make sure you can actually back it up. Was he like a, like a Bing Translate product manager? <laughs> like what was, he was interesting? Actually, he was actually trilingual. He was crazy. Dang, he was wow. Canada, Spanish, French, uh, English. It was amazing. Um, yeah, this is Andy. So my last interview was with a VP on the team that I was going to be working on. And his last question to me was, is there anything else I should know about you? And for some reason, it really caught me off guard. And so I kind of panicked and said, well, is there anything you don't know about me? <laughs> and so um, he just started laughing, and, and that was the end of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for me, I would say a tip if you're ever recruiting with Microsoft is just be careful what you put in additional information because they actually do read that. Um, so I had put down that I'm into Pinterest and the rest of my interview was focused on the Pinterest app and I was not expecting the manager to actually know anything about the app, but he talked about how I use it and whether or not he can continue to find like different crafts for him and his family. So that was actually very interesting. <laughs> Love it. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for taking time out today for the, the podcast. Appreciate uh, all the insight and uh, have a great rest of your day. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you. Well, that's the show. Olivia, what was your takeaway? For me, there were two big ones. One, know thyself, the value you can add, and also your limitations. And the other is know thy product. I totally agree. As we heard, product looks very different by company. So be sure to do your research to make sure you're the right fit and that you'll be well positioned to be a successful product person at that company. Absolutely. And to our listeners out there, drop us a line at techtechtoepod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This is The Pod.